In this episode, we'll be talking all about Cape Parrots. I chat to Susan Wishart, the project manager at the Cape Parrot Project. She tells us all about the special species, the threats that it is facing, as well as the conservation initiatives that are being done to conserve them. Bring new life to your garden this spring with Westerman's Wild Bird Seed, a delicious mix attracting a variety of wild birds to your garden, now available in a 10 kg bag, plus one kg free. Find it at various pet and lifestyle retailers across South Africa, online and in-store. Westerman's for the love of birds. My name is Adam, and this proudly South African podcast is your weekly source of news about birds, birders, destinations, conservation, gear, books, and well, anything that we think birders will love to hear about. So welcome to the show. There are two easy ways to support us. The first way is by telling someone else about the podcast. So if you enjoy the content in the show, please share it with someone else. A second way is by following this podcast on whatever platform you're listening to it on and take some time to rate and comment on it. These two steps help us to grow the podcast and reach new listeners. Please drop us either a direct message on any of our social media platforms or send us an email on info at thebirdinglife.com and tell us where you listen to the show from. We would love to get to know you better. So let's get into this week's chat with Susan Wishart. So as I said in the introduction, we're having a chat today to Susan Wishart from the Cape Parrot Project. It's really exciting. This is a project that I'm really passionate about. The first time I saw a Cape Parrot was a bird I wanted to see, and I looked all over for them, and I managed to see one eventually near Kokstad. So Susan, it's really great to have a chat to you, and I want to welcome you to the Birding Life podcast. Thank you so much. So just to start off, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your role at the Cape Parrot Project? Sure, thanks for the opportunity. So I'm the project manager of the K-Power Project and I'm based at our main site, which is in Hogsback. I'm supported at a higher level by um, our project director, Dr. Kirsten Wimberger, and also our overarching organization, which is the Wild Bird Trust. And yes, I um, have oversight of the day-to-day happenings uh, at the organization and um, monitoring what what everybody does as part of their work here. I'm always interested to know. So you speak about the fact that you you know you oversee the work, and a lot of people maybe when they think of bird conservation, and they just think maybe you just go look at birds the whole day. So what what does a day in the life of Susan Wishart look like? Well, a day in my life is possibly not super interesting for people who want to be out watching birds because I have a managerial role. So like a lot of managers, I have a lot of desk-based work to do because it involves all the logistical stuff like people management and financial management. But the great thing is that I'm managing really exciting projects that are happening. And so there's all that work that I'm involved in as well. So I'm managing teams that are um, literally out there looking at birds every day or doing the restoration work that we do with the bird habitat that we involved with. So that makes the job so interesting and never a, a day that's the same. And really being able to have input into what everybody else is doing is a really great part of the work. And then obviously this podcast is a birding podcast. So I always like to ask this question, are you just a conservationist or are you a birder? 
I personally am a birder. I was uh, started birding when I was about eight years old with my dad. We lived in in Gauteng and we went to the Kruger Park very often. So yes, I'm I'm a birder. I'm possibly not the the world's most like ticklist based birder. But um, my dad has, has seen over 600 birds in South Africa, so I've been part of that journey. And so it's been really great to come into this project and work with people because, as I mentioned before, we are not just about the Cape parrot. Um, it's a flagship species for us. And so our focus is also on other species. And of course, we're part of the bigger organization of the Wild Bird Trust, which has as its vision to keep safe birds in the wild. So. You will see, for example, we have a, a program called Wild Bird Revolution, which people should go and have a look at, where we're looking at birds all around the world. And that's really uh, an exciting development that brings together the birding community. So, yes, we've got the conservation going on, but we also um, want to be part of, of a, a wider birding community. I shared at the beginning that the first Cape Parrot I saw, and I, mean, I went up, there's that place near Underberg, there's that forest there, and I went all over looking for Cape Parrots. It was one of the birds that I really wanted to see, and eventually went down to my friend in um, Kokstadt, and, uh, or in Harding, sorry, Harding, and just near where he stays is a pecanut farm, and we went there, and we, we managed to see a flock of Cape Parrots, which is really, really a special sighting. So can you remember as a birder, your first sighting of a Cape Parrot? Well, the first sighting of a Cape Parrot for me was when I came to Hogsback to do this job. I had an opportunity to come up before I was actually appointed. I came up to have a look at, at the setup here and I was lucky enough to go out with one of the, my now colleagues and we went out early in the morning because they roost in the morning together. They come together and before they fly off to feed and that was my first sight. I mean, I think you know now, um, having seen them yourself, that the first thing you know about a Cape Parrot is what it sounds like, because they never move around without making a noise. And so now it's my daily privilege from the office that I sit in to see them every single day, more or less. And um, they fly over. So that day was the first day, the day after I arrived here in Hogsback, which was just a year ago now. And because of where they found, I had I had never been in this part of the world or other parts of South Africa where they found. Uh, so it was so great to see a few of them together on that day. So you've never seen a Cape project before, uh, a, a Cape parrot before you got involved in the project. So, you know, there's a lot of other species you could have been involved in. So what, were, what made you get involved in the conservation of Cape parrots? What was the draw to this specific species? Well, I think it's not so much only about the species, but about the the overarching type of work that the Cape Parrot Project does and that the Wild Bird Trust does. I went on a journey. I started my career as an attorney and ended up um, working in legal education and then education and management. And eventually I did a, a master's degree in environmental law. And I always wanted to work into the conservation sector. And when I saw this opportunity arise, what really drew me to the opportunity is that the the Wild Bird Trust and, and the Cape Parrot Project in particular work in a very holistic way. So they're not just focused on the species, but they're looking at what is the, the habitat behind the species and who are the people who are impacted by the environment around them in the different places where, where we work. So one of the things that you can have a look at uh, on our website is what's known as the, the Cape Parrot Action Plan. And it's been put together by not only the Cape Parrot Project, but 
a conservation committee that has been made up of a number of different organizations, including governmental organizations, other nonprofit organizations, academic institutions. And I just really love the holistic nature of that, where you're not trying to reinvent the wheel and work in your own little niche space, doing your own little thing, but that you're actually trying to make something work um, as a whole. And that's really what drew me to the project, looking at conserving not only the species, but the habitat. And then, of course, sort of behind all of that is the people that are living in these environments. So before we even speak about the project, you know, we have listeners who listen to this podcast from all around the world. And, you know, I think conservation in an African context is very different to maybe conservation in other countries. You know, we're dealing with not just cons- the conservation of birds, but you know, right alongside where these birds are found and, and what and whatever else is being conserved, there's often poverty and unemployment and all the the harshness that comes with the reality of, of what we're facing in our country right now. So, you know, just maybe just to give a context for listeners who are listening, you know, how important is, you know, community buy-in in terms of conservation in an African context? So, Adam, I mean, it's crucially important. You've hit the nail on the head. There's absolutely no point in trying to conserve a species or even a habitat in isolation of the people who live nearby. And that's actually a world, should be a worldwide you know, phenomenon. But in South Africa, particularly and in Africa, that's exacerbated by the fact that people are living in difficult circumstances, as you've pointed out. And the wonderful thing about the way that conservation can and should work and what we try to do is to really have community buy-in from the outset. So that works in two different ways because, of course, there's the species itself and really trying to convey to people, and this is perhaps for your your birding audience in particular, this is really important, that helping local communities to understand that people are interested in coming to see these birds and the other bird species in our in our you know habitats. And so tourism and birding tourism is something that can really help to impact their communities and to impact the employment opportunities in the community. So that's significant. And so we need people to understand about the parrot, the importance of the parrot, which needs to be done through to, through knowledge and education, but not just parrots, all the other wonderful wildlife that we have on our doorsteps in, in Africa and to help people to understand how tourism can benefit them. And then the other aspect is is really where we get community buying is in the restoration work that we do in Habitat because what that restoration work allows us to do is to actually impact the communities through employment and through helping us to grow trees and then we can buy trees from them. Um, so there's that very direct link into doing the restoration work in in the areas where we are working and the kind of habitat that we are working in. So there might be people that are listening that have never seen a Cape parrot or maybe never even heard about a Cape parrot. So can you tell us about this special species, where it is found and what its conservation status is? They are the only endemic parrot in South Africa. So they're special. they like our national parrot. And they are unfortunately um, listed in the Threatened and Protected Species Regulations as critically endangered. There are fewer than 2,000 of them in South Africa. And they are found in the fragmented mistbelt forest 
biome in South Africa. So in your Amatolas of the Eastern Cape along the escarpment into KZN, and then also a small remnant population in the Machubuskloof area of Zanin. So that's where they found. Unfortunately, they're not found anywhere else. Although, just to mention, as you um, indicated yourself, one of the things that happens with these parrots is that they they look for um, alternative food sources from time to time. It seems like they they do like a bit of fast food, and so they do look at um, particularly um, pecan orchards. Um, are places that they like to visit. So those, of, of course, are outside of the mist belt areas and they can be seen um, in, in pecan orchards um, during fruiting season. So before we chat about the project, what are some of the threats that the Cape Parrot is facing? Well, the primary driver of the decline of the range and the population of Cape Parrots is habitat loss and degradation. So that is up there as our sort of number one factor that we're looking at. I think you may, you're, you may be aware and, and some of the listeners may be aware that forests are the smallest and most fragmented habitat type in South Africa. So they are really vulnerable. In addition to that, there is a, a disease that attacks our parrots, um, Sitikin beacon feather disease. And that is something that is found in Cape Parrot populations. And then there are some incidences of poaching, although... These are not um, numerous, but that is something that we need to keep an eye on and ensure that we are engaging and educating around that issue. Yeah, I thought it was quite sad. You know, when we speak about parrots, the first thing that a lot of people would know and is is think about a, a caged bird, and that's the sad thing about parrots. Um, it's, it's yes, you know, the, the, about the the whole poaching and people wanting to put them in cages and keep them. And yeah, it's it's one of the sad parts about. It. I mean, it's better to go see them in the wild. Yes, that is a, a very difficult aspect of such a charismatic type of bird. People do find them lovely and then for some reason <laughs> think that it would be lovely to have them in a cage. And of course, they are intelligent and interesting, but how much more um, interesting to see them when they are doing what they're supposed to do and, and flying free. So we've heard all about this, this special species. So let's talk about the project. So can you give us a brief overview of the work of the project and the and its importance? Yes. So uh, the project was started around about 2009 by our current uh, founder and the chair of the Wild Bird Trust, Dr. Steve Boyce. He was working here in Hogsback and literally running around as a, a one-man band doing research on on parrots, on the Cape parrots here. And from that, it has it has really grown um, exponentially. And we now have the Wild Bird Trust itself, but the Cape Parrot Project has been running since then. And we have a focus on various aspects of, of Cape parrots, of primarily of which are research. And then, of course, really importantly, is not just the research in sort of a, a, a boring academic context, not that academia is boring, but what I mean is that without Im- any type of implementation. And so the, the implementation is um, taking what the academics are, are finding and then turning that into conservation action. And that is what we have grown uh, into doing. And it's what our focus is here in Hogsback. And also we've just this year opened a, a field office in Limpopo. As always, the Birding Life is proud to be associated with Sarofsky Optic, one of the world's leading producers of binoculars, monoculars, and spotting scopes. 
as well as the Birdlasser bird logging app. Spot, plot, play a part. Download and install the app to play your part in social conservation. One of the ways that you can help us to keep putting out the content that we are releasing is by supporting our online shop. We sell optics, books, Westerman's products, and a whole lot more. Check out the shop on our website, www.thebirdinglife.com. If you need any help with any of the products, please don't hesitate to email us on info at thebirdinglife.com. So you touched on there the fact that you are involved in research. So, you know, just chat a little bit more about the research side of it. You know, what does that involve and maybe some of the findings that, that have come out of this research? Yeah, so the two primary aspects of the research that we do are species research and habitat research. The species research has been underway for some time now, as I mentioned. We we started, you know, Dr. Boy started work here in 2009 and what we've looked at mostly from then until now is the population makeup of the of the Cape parrots, and then um, more recently we've been looking at at the diets of the Cape parrots and just trying to understand uh, how that works, as well as looking into the breeding breeding aspects and sort of what is needed for them, what drives where they choose to to breed and so forth. And then from a habitat perspective, really looking at, because as I mentioned, the threats uh, to the habitat are one of the, the primary threats to the, the parrots. And so what we've been looking at with regard to that is what is actually needed for quality habitat for cave parrots and how are we going to continue to monitor and engage with how forests are managed in the South African context so that we don't lose any habitat and in fact so we can try and improve habitat quality for them. So we we have quite a lot of deep work going on in both of these um, aspects with our um, colleagues out in the field on a daily basis up trees and crawling through bushes and so on, having a look at um, both of those aspects. I can imagine one of the big challenges around the research of the Cape Parrot is, is obviously a lot of it is, well, it is obviously restricted to the fact that it's an endemic species that's restricted to South Africa. Um, you know, some of the other species that migrate and move to different countries, there might be research that happens up in Europe or in other countries where the research is is strictly limited to what happens in our country. And I can imagine that really poses challenges because you're relying on the funding and, you know, the the, the researchers that you have on that. So it must be, I can imagine there, there might have been a whole lot of holes in understanding of the Cape Parrot before this project, you know, was initiated. Yes. I think that across you know, different different parrots, there there are things that people can look at and say, okay, these are things that are the same whether it's whether it's our parrots or whether it's a different kind of parrot. But yes, definitely we needed to have a look at what was happening very specifically in these fragmented habitats that are that that K parrots are found in. And as you say, almost sort of starting from scratch with the research. Uh being being um in such a in in such a small and and confined area, you know, they're not entirely popular in terms of vast bodies of research. But they have they have been studies conducted by um, by people within the um, South African context, um, particularly out of UKZN around Cape parrots for some time. 
And so we've been able to connect with and partner with people um, that have done some of the research. But yes, we're starting from a sort of ground level and working our way through what we think is necessary to um, achieve the outcomes that we want to achieve. But, you know, you're talking about the habitat. There must be these, these misspelt habitats must really be under threat because, you know, you, the two of the most threatened species in the region are your blue swallow and your your Cape parrot, and both those are found in very, very similar habitats. Well, I think the blue swallows are more in the grassland um, mosaic of the of, of habitat, but that's an interesting point because what we what we do find is that we have the um, the mist belt and the grassland. Are, it is a mosaic landscape. You know, the, gra- the the mist belts are found on the slopes of the mountains, and then on the plateau above or in between, you find your grasslands, and both of those are threatened. As you've pointed out, they are threatened uh, habitats. So we are really interested in how these things connect to one another. And as I mentioned, we we have some projects underway, one of which is really looking across um, priority forest areas for um, Cape parrots. And that is something that's underway at the moment. Um, The planning is underway, the funding is underway so that we can work together with partners, especially partners such as the the DFFE, the Department of um, Fisheries, Forestry and the Environment, so that we can really look and get alongside people with regard to management of these habitats. So to stop, um, put a halt to any degradation and really to focus on um, maintaining the quality of the habitats for our species and, as you say, for other species. And then just in terms of, or again, for listeners, maybe just to give a bit of context, you know, in terms of the habitat that's being, the habitat's being lost, what are the major threats to the habitat? Well, primarily um, uh, from, from what we are, what we've been able to see, they, I mean, there has been some historical logging and of my colleagues, um, Dr. Jess Lever has written a, a paper around that. And there is some evidence, you know, that that historical logging had had some effect on the forests. But what we are looking at now is we're really looking at how alien invasive species are problematic within um, our forests from the perspective of the quality of the forests. And a lot of the work that we do goes to the restoration and eradication of um, alien invasive species and kind of looking at how we then assist sort of natural regeneration or planting where necessary to overcome that particular aspect. So I would say that that's probably the biggest concern in terms of quality of of habitat. So I know we've kind of touched on this in many of the questions already, but we've spoken about the conservation status of the species. But what are some of the conservation actions that are being done by the Cape Parrot Project? Well, as I mentioned earlier, um, in terms of the the research that we do, we try to have a look at the research we've done and then say, what do we need now that we've discovered that? What do we do from a, an implementation perspective? And so, for example, one of the things that we've had a look at is, um, as you may be aware, um, the Cape Parrot is a secondary cavity nester, so it needs very specific type of of trees dying or dead trees actually which we refer to as snags to to nest and we we are looking into kind of the availability of that kind of nesting opportunity for them but one of the things that we have also done from a conservation action perspective is look at putting up artificial nest boxes to see if that can help assist with nesting and breeding for for cape parrots 
So that's on the species side. And then an example of the conservation action from a habitat side I've already mentioned uh, is the restoration work that we do. And that has assisted us to form really wonderful synergies with the communities around us. Um, Not only have we been able to employ people who work um, for us and with us to restore the forest spots near them, but also we've been able to establish now, we've just established our third community nursery in in our nearby vicinity, and we help them and assist them to collect and grow, collect seeds and grow trees, uh, which we then able to buy back from them with the assistance of our funders to put into the um, degraded forest areas that we work in. So those are just two examples of some of the conservation action that we undertake. And obviously an important part of any conservation project is the educational side. So in which ways are you guys engaging in educating people about Cape parrots? Yes, that's um, really so important in the work that we do. So we have been fortunate enough to have some funding that has allowed us to really connect into communities around us. We do two things. One is to sort of work with other organizations that are doing similar to work to us and have the expertise. So we don't want to reinvent the wheel, but we can partner with them. So, for example, here in Hogsback is a, an organization called Hobbiton on Hogsback. They're a a school camp and outreach organization, and we have been able to sponsor educational camps for local school children, as opposed to some of the kids that come here from schools that are further afield. And that's been a wonderful opportunity to take these children into the forests to look for parrots, to look for, you know, alien vegetation and be able to differentiate between um, the indigenous vegetation and alien vegetation and look for all sorts of hohos and fungi and just have a wonderful time walking with them and and letting them understand how everything connects together. The other organization that we've been able to partner with this year is is WESA, the Wildlife and Environment Society of South Africa, where we um, have been able to fund some work into some local schools. The schools that we are working, the school that we are working in initially is a school that's close to one of the pecan orchards. And that's because we really want the community to understand the benefits of ecotourism rather than, as we touched on earlier, on things like poaching, because unfortunately the parrots can be an easier target in those orchards. So we're working with a school there at a primary school, and we are going to be doing the forest program that WESA has, as well as creating a biodiversity garden for the school. So something which I love about this project is the the merchandise. I was looking at, especially your I, I don't know if you guys call it a fluffy, but the little the little Cape Parrot fluffy. And you know, you guys got some really cool merch. So you know, if you I don't know if you just want to tell people about the shop that's on your website. We'll chat about the website in a moment. But you know, what products can they get? Because obviously, the cool thing about this is not you not only are you getting something, and you know, Christmas is coming just around the corner. So for people that are looking for a cool gift for their kids. The Cape Parrot Fluffy would be an awesome present. So tell us about some of the stuff that's on the shop. Yeah, so we don't have a huge range of stuff, but we do have what we call the plushie, but we can call it the fluffy. <laughs> and um, we have the, the the lovely plushies, which, you know, really also help with education because you can immediately start telling ch- children about the fact that this is a male parrot because of the coloration and so on, as well as a, a really great booklet we have that kind of can go alongside the plushie called Zeke and Squeak, which is a story about um, some some parrots um, that are learning to fly. 
yeah, just watch the space. We're hoping to have another version of our of our parrot um, out soon, and possibly reintroducing our um, our cool socks that we had before. Um, so yeah, do keep an eye on on that. Um, and there's various places that that would be available. So if listeners are listening and you've spoken about the you've spoken about the funders and that type thing, but there's other ways that people can obviously get involved in the Cape Parrot project. So if listeners on are listening, they want to get involved, they want to support the work you're doing, how can they do that? Yeah, there's a range of things. So it really depends on, as you say, where people are at and what they would like to do. Of course, awareness is key. And so please have a look at our socials, have a look at our website, have a look at our Instagram page. Um, share, like, support, forward. Um, those are such important things for us. Just as an interesting thing that people can do, which is really phenomenal, is if you're in the Eastern Cape, the East London area, the East London Museum has got a wonderful um, Cape Parrot project um, display up at the moment. It's really fantastic. We had a lot of input into that. And it's super nice and educational, but also just interesting. Um, they also have some of our plushies there if people want to get those and our books. But just the whole display um, tells the story of the Cape Parrot and the Cape Parrot Project. So that's something that people can do if they're in that part of the world or if they go there on holiday. There's also an opportunity to get involved as citizen scientists um, through assisting us to collect data through BirdLasser. Um, and they can, if anybody has BirdLasser on their phones, the app, they can they can add our project on there so that we can be alerted as to when they see ca- and where they see Cape Parrots. And as well as getting involved in the Cape Parrot Big Birding Day, which happens annually around May, we always need volunteers for that. Um, if people are interested, they can get hold of us through our website and we can give them more information. And then we do have uh, My Planet card through Woolworths, so people are who, who have those cards can have a look at whether they would like to add us as a beneficiary onto their their Woolies card. Yeah, those are those are the, the a number of ways. Of course, there's always opportunities for for people who really want to get involved in bigger projects. Um, we have lots of things going on all the time and lots of new ideas all the time that we're looking for assistance and partnership with. So it would be great if if people are are willing to get involved on on that level. So you've mentioned the website, you've mentioned um, social media. But if people need to get, want to get, find out more information about Cape Parrots and about the project, you know, what is the website and is there any other ways that people can get in touch with you? Um, yeah, I mean, anybody who would like to can get hold of me, which is susan at, at wildbirdtrust.com. But also they can have a look at www.wildbirdtrust.com. Um, which will link them through to our project and any other, all our other projects as well as our Facebook page and Instagram and so on. That's awesome. We will drop links to all that in the, in the notes of the show. So, Susan, thank you so much for your time. It's been fantastic to chat and hopefully we'll come visit you guys sometime and just see the, the work that you're doing. But it's been really cool to chat to you. Please do. It would be great to have anybody who wanted to come through. We'd be happy to meet with them and yeah, you guys in particular. So thanks for the opportunity. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this week's show. We really appreciate your support. If you have any comments or feedback on any of the episodes, feel free to drop us an email on info at com or send us a message on any of our social media platforms. We would love to get to know you better. So until next time, Be blessed and happy birding.